This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Loose Nuts, the most environmentally responsible snack subscription box. At Loose Nuts, they do away with the extraneous packaging and fill your box with three generous scoops of nuts. Relive memories of Grandma's house as you reach in and eat handful after handful of mixed nuts that are either one hour or one month old. You'll never know until you try some, and at that point, who cares? Go to loosenuts.com and sign up today. Use HMT at checkout and receive a handful of pocket change with your first order. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, some other guy. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. I'm Bryce Hansen. And this is David Day coming at you live from Bryce's basement. <laughs> We've got a great show today. After having a couple weeks dedicated to dead animals, we're turning to dead babies. Finally. I just like to say a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get it? A breath of fresh air. 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 It's okay. Today we'll be talking about the wind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah, ah, the, the wind. <laughs> uh, we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it only makes you angry watching it, 5 being average film, an average film that hits all the expected marks, and then 10 being so good it transcends the genre in greatness. Not that horror movies aren't great. No, it's just, I mean, you know, if, if you ever, any 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 genre that you, I mean, can you imagine, is there like a rom-com that's a 10, that's a 10 movie? I mean, The Notebook. Is it? I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> I mean, Casablanca, maybe. Well, that's not really a rom <laughs> Not really. Not really calm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. There's got to be something in there. I'm very curious. To, if you guys have any, like, legit... 10 like masterpieces that are rom-coms i mean it goes if it if it's like if you haven't seen this movie then you're not a movie fan yeah then that's what i would consider transcending the genre right so like sleepless in seattle when harry met sally yeah probably when harry met sally and annie hall are probably the ones that jump out in my mind are all of those tom hanks movies no Sleepless in Seattle is. Sleepless in Seattle is. And then what, when, when Harry, Harry met, met Sally, Sally. Oh, that's Billy Crystal? It was Billy Crystal. Okay. And uh, and then Annie Hall is Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Yeah, that one I do, I'm not familiar All with. very unlike Tom Hanks. <laughs> Close enough, though. Yeah, Billy. Billy, I mean, they they kind of passed each other. Sure. You know, what, sure. they walked by each other in the uh-huh. rom-com department for a mm-hmm. while. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Um, in this episode, it'll be much more about un- unraveling the the timeline because yeah. this the wind the wind I keep wanting to say the wind the wind that, that's a pun that I'll use several times throughout this episode. <laughs> um, but the wind is nonlinear, so I thought it'd be helpful to just lay it out. Yeah, it's kind of a back and forth. It goes it like hops back and forth in time a lot. Yeah, it's not quite. It's not like Memento, where there's two distinct timelines that you're traveling at the same time, where it hops back and forth. It really jumps around. Yeah, it does. Every it, like, 
it does not jump back to the same spot that you were the last time and you while, were at a different timeline. Sure. And while it is fairly important to the film, like it does, it does a good job of, of, you know, letting you know where, where we're at, mm-hmm. but, but it's not, it's not like high stakes timeline situation like Memento, you know? No. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll understand what's going on, even if you haven't unraveled everything. But unraveling it brings to me when I looked at it, brought some like interesting, like findings. I'm like, oh yeah, oh that was before that. There's some little gems hidden in in this because movie. It, it makes you think that there's a certain series of events, but it's not not quite that. Right. Anyways, um, later we'll be playing a couple games or doing a couple bits. Perennial favorite taglines. Yay. We love it. <laughs> it's probably our least favorite game because we have to come up with something I've trying to be funny. I've got some some ones that will make you chortle. Yeah. And then we'll be doing It Came From Social Media, where we'll talk about the latest conversations from social media. But first, uh, just a couple plugs. Our website is horrormovietalk.com. Go there to find past episodes and links to your favorite podcast platforms, as well as links to our social media. So you can talk with us or or argue with us or tell us that we're wrong or agree with us and tell us that we're great. Uh, we'll only read the latter. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so subscribe. And if you like it, leave a review of the podcast. But more importantly, share it with your friends. If you are a fan, we know we have at least, you know, a handful yeah. <laughs> of subscribers. I mean, way more than that. We've, we've got a, a rabid following of a horde, if you will. Literally dozens. Yeah. <laughs> you can support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or really buying any product on Amazon if you click through on the green button in the head of our header of our website. Website, again, is HorrorMovieTalk.com. And if you are a fan of horror movies, you should be a fan of Shudder.com, which is basically the Netflix of horror. Um, they have great, a great curated list of horror movies and TV shows, as well as originals. Um, for our fans, if you use HMT at checkout, you'll get a 30-day free trial of Shudder, which is an extension of their normal 7-day free trial. So check it out. Try it out. Try it out, guys. And, uh, okay, now we want to mention our games contest. I'll let David talk about that. Yeah, so last week uh, on our Pet Cemetery 2019 review, I extended a challenge to our audience to come up with a new game for us to play at the end of shows. If you're not familiar with these games that we play, there's things like the Rotten Tomatoes game where uh, we pit two movies against each other, and um, one of us has to ferret out which movie has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score. There's also a Lifetime Movie or Horror Movie, where we have to determine, based on the title of the movie, whether or not... No, the description. I'm sorry, based on the description of the movie, uh, whether or not it's a horror movie or a Lifetime movie. So these kinds of games that we play at the end, and we need another. I want another personally. Mm. And so if you come up with one that we end up using on the show, I'll give you $10 gift card on Amazon that you can use to support the show or, you know, do whatever you want with it. You can give it to your cat. Yeah. 
I mean, as you can tell, if you've listened to a couple episodes of this podcast, we are creatively bankrupt at this point. Right. And so we need to enlist. We've been drained dry. Our dozens of fans. My nuts are empty. (laughs) So... So, uh, so yeah, um, and some things to keep in mind when thinking of these games, they got to be easy to put together. So lazy people who sit in the basement and record podcasts on the weekends can, you know, easily cobble together something. So keep in mind ease. If it, (laughs) if it involves like reference, that's usually good. If it involves like ripping clips and being clever and coming up with new uh clever written things then that's too complicated it's, that's less easy for us that's so less easy less of a chance that we'll get that it will get picked so yeah. think easy yeah so thanks in advance for that we've already gotten several people that have given us ideas yeah we'll get into that in uh later in the show we'll we'll talk about a little bit of yeah the nice things that people have said and mm-hmm. done for us So thanks again for listening. So let's get into the show. We watched The Wind this week. And boy, did it wind me up. (laughs) 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 Because it's it's spelled the same. Get it? Here's the trailer. I came across an empty cabin about a mile east of here. Are you out here alone? No. No longer a God-fearing woman. Hmm? I don't suspect God has much business out here. We got new neighbors. What are they like? A little funny. Funny. Nervous. Is there a church nearby? Not enough people around here yet. How many? Four. Is that what we look like to them? A little flickering light in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes in the rain. Well, I tend to get a bit restless. What do you think of them? It's nice to have people close. This land is funny, you know. The wind never stops. Plays tricks on your mind. What's this? It's nothing. You don't need to be filling your head with stuff like this. I've seen something. I hear it too, whispering. You remember how many graves you passed on the way here. This place is wrong. No one's here but us. No. Mara, Damarth, Soul, Amadon, the Destroyer. So Kobaneth, bringer of jealous thoughts. Messimus, Prince of Pestilence. There is nothing out there! Your mind's looking for things to worry about. Man, 
That's a good trailer. Yeah, it is a really good trailer, actually. Uh, the Wind can be found on digital streaming platforms uh, to rent, uh, mainly Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, and Vudu. It's about seven bucks. Personally, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I'd say that's that's a good Friday night for me and the missus. Yeah. The Wind is the first feature film for both the writer and director, writer Teresa Sutherland and director Emma Tammy. It's a Western horror film that tells the story of two young families living on the harsh, untamed Western frontier of the U.S. in the 1800s. Caitlin Gerard plays Lizzie Macklin, who, with her husband Isaac, own a homestead on the windy, dusty plains. They are soon joined by a newlywed couple that are kind of out of their element, Emma and Gideon Harper, played by Julia Goldent-Tellis and Daniel McTee. Goldanny. And the Harpers are out of their depth trying to survive in the unforgiving environment. Emma soon starts to show cracks in her psyche and is driven mad by the pressure. When Lizzie starts to also experience some of the visions and unexplained phenomena described by Emma, she starts to question whether she is also going mad or is it an actual evil presence seeking to destroy them? Yeah. Yeah. So the core of this is. A, a family of two is living out on the plains all alone, and then another family shows up, and the other family crack right away and start to weigh on this first family. It's a pretty good—I'd say it's a pretty good premise for yeah. a movie. And I'll say, as I was reading that—so, as that syn- I was reading that synopsis, is that what you took away from what the the story is? Is— yeah, that's that's the the sequence of events. That yeah, you that's a that's the core of it. Okay. Yeah, and the the thing that's interesting about this premise is it it drives the point home for me. So I spent a long time uh, working in basically in the forest, essentially alone with another guy and gal, and not very much else. And it was during the week, and uh, you know became very comfortable living out in the woods. And I started to realize that the, the, woods only, are, the woods are terrifying. The only thing. No, the woods are fine. It becomes scary when there's other people. Mm. That, that's what makes me uneasy. If if I'm camping alone, I feel OK about that. If there's another group of people who I don't know nearby and I can hear them or I know that they're there, that's upsetting to me. So I, this premise is believable. Just to me, based on my personal experience, you know, because they're the real because people are the real X factor mm-hmm. that you go, oh, well, all everything else doesn't want to mess with me and I don't want to mess with it. But people might. I don't know. The woods itself is pretty scary to me. It's like there's there's plenty of movies that use the woods as the uh, its own character as being scary. Sure. Just take a stroll through the scraggly woods. <laughs> sure, and I understand. You know, I understand that um, once you become, once you, you know, as with anything, once you start to become a little bit more uh, used to it, it gets a lot less worrisome. Oh fuck! Not the woods. <laughs> Nothing good ever happens in the woods. Lots of good things happen in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comparisons to the witch are inevitable and apt with this movie. The harsh environment and the pressures of surviving off the land are basically a main character in both films. The trailer also makes comparisons to the Babadook in the the text part of it. Those being two of my favorite horror horror movies of the last decade, 
those comparisons made me set my expectations fairly high. And the good news is that this film, for the most part, met my expectations. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, uh, I, you said you basically we were like, what should we do this week? And and there was some talk about like Halloween two or three. And then you were like, The Wind is a new one that people are talking about. They're comparing it to The Witch. And then I was in. I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, I actually don't think a lot of people are talking about it, but I remember seeing the trailer and being very interested in it. Mm -hmm. And it's new. It just came out last week. And so I wanted to... I wanted to review it. it this, has, is, this is mostly a me pick than it is sure. a necessary pick. <laughs> sure. Like, we should definitely, we definitely need to review Halloween 2 and 3. Yeah. But, you know, those, we can do those anytime. Right. And and with the wind, it, I would say it's very similar, very similar in a lot of different ways to The Witch. So if you're familiar with The Witch and you're a fan of it or not, either way, now you know, the wind either will float, will tickle... Your dickle or not? <laughs> tickle your pickle? Tickle your dickle. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my pickle. Mm. Okay, it's a simple story injected with convincing human drama and told artfully through a non-linear narrative that keeps you engaged and on the edge. Coming from a first-time feature film screenwriter and director, it's actually really impressive how all the moving parts worked so well. You're fed bits of information piece by piece, which lets you assemble the puzzle of the story's timeline. Just enough information is withheld throughout to make you question whether the cause of all the trouble is simply paranoia and madness, or if it's an actual demon. The tone is set early with the first scene featuring a dead baby. And the menace uh, is maintained throughout the whole movie. Uh, I need to call out the score and sound design are excellent and scared me as much as the visuals did. In yeah. This movie. Yeah. They had a lot of woodwinds. <laughs> a lot of a lot of strings, string hits. Wood, um, woodwinds. Winds. Winds. A lot of lot of wind in the sound design. I mean, surprisingly. I wonder why they use so much wind. In this I movie. don't know. It must have been some sort of gimmick. But yeah, this is I mean, it's got to be really low budget. So even some of the, like the jump scares and, and stuff, they they don't really show much of anything. It's it's mostly in your mind if it's, you like think back to what they actually show. It's all like either after the fact or seeing a an effect of it, not actually when it happens. Right, and so it's forced to be artful and skillful in yeah. in its in its presentation, and the way it does it is very similar to like Hereditary and the Witch by. Building that, as you mentioned, building that tension and holding it throughout the movie so that right. at any point it could happen. And then, you know, it it doles it out in little doses here and there. The film relies on inter- interrelationship drama and psychological horror more than jump scares, but those are represented as well. It never quite reaches the greatness of the witch, but the same thematic elements are represented very similarly similarly here so i mean i'm not i won't shy away from saying if you like the witch you will probably be very interested in watching this movie yeah yeah that's fair you might not you're not going to like it as much as the witch the witch is definitely more impressive to me yeah me as well um as a movie and more effective took me more places but this one um definitely 
feels like a spiritual successor to it. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, and it did. It was did. It didn't do it poorly at all. Uh, all the acting was great. The setting was f- fabulous. It looked nice. You know, sounded the, great. Sounded great. Yeah, it was. And and all the framing was very was very well done too. It wasn't a bunch of jump jump shots and all that kind of stuff. They set up some decent. You know, some decent uh, shots throughout the movie that were neat. Um, I gave it a score of 8 out of 10. Yeah. And it's probably... I was I was vacillating between 7 and 8. And I think, like I've said before, what pushes it over the edge for me... Like, if it's... Th- this is definitely uh, higher than my expectations for most movies. Um... But what pushes me over the edge to eight is just if there's moments that actually delight me and surprise me about just great choices that they make in the film, that's what pushes it over the edge for me into greatness. But like I said, it's not as great as The Witch, um, which I would put it definitely a nine or a ten. Oh, it's a ten. A yeah. hard ten yeah. for me. Which is a ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think that this is a, I don't think that this is a nine, um, because it's, I, I'm not just thrilled about it, but, uh, it, I think it made a lot of good choices and kept things rather ambiguous throughout and really left it in your, in the court of your mind. Yeah. And, and I think I'll think about it later. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was all really well done and well executed. Why did you laugh when I said I agree with you? Oh, you said I agree with you wholeheartedly, but, which is straight from Adam Carolla. That's an Adam Carolla drop. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't even think of it. It's the one of the old uh, sidekicks that just didn't work out, but they always use the Brian always uses the drop. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, uh, did you see? Did you see what uh, David Allen Greer said about Adam on on the Stern. Howard Stern show? Yeah, it was weird. And then Adam responded to it in the most Adam way ever. Just, yeah. just like, hey, I don't know where this is coming from. I really like him a lot. I hope he like comes back. I clearly I said something to upset him, but I don't know what. Yeah, it's yeah, classic. More of just. Yeah, you can tell he's a little hurt by it. Yeah, you can tell he's hurt. And also you can all I mean, this is I mean, it just goes back to it's it's weird to say because Adam always says he's always right. But (laughs) in this case, he is like historically, Uh, historically, Adam's like David Allen Greer is a madman. mm -hmm. He's almost insane. And you get you get insanity when you get David Allen Greer and it's low key, but it is crazy. Well, I mean, like Adams, I mean, if you don't listen to the Adam Carolla show, this is not interesting to you at all. But to me, it's like he says that he's completely unbiased and that he's he's not like oh, but he is. right wing or anything, which I think genuinely he thinks is true. And I think it is true to an extent. But if you look at his show, right. if you're going on his show, his show definitely has a right-wing bias, because all of his guests are right-wing, predominantly right-wing, yeah. and some of them are, like, the pretty crazy right-wing yeah. people, too. Yeah. But... That's true. But, to his credit, he also told 
Ann Coulter to go fuck herself <laughs> like, early on. So that's a good. Yeah, he hung up on her on yeah, air. That's that's probably my favorite clip of Corolla ever. Okay, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, anyways, let's get into spoilers about the wind. <laughs> all right so like i said just want to kind of unravel the timeline because the synopsis that i gave at the top of the show as i was reading it i realized like that's not the sequence of events at all like saying that emma goes crazy and then it affects lizzie is not true did you realize that not exactly i mean that's that's the that's the if this story were made linear uh-huh. that's the that's the way my brain put it together right so if you took all the events and organized them into uh-huh. the correct chronological uh order my brain has it that these people showed up Emma's a little mm, mm-hmm. little adds adds an element of doubt to this whole scenario and uh-huh. into um into our main character. What's her name? Our main character? Lizzie. Name? Lizzie. Adds an element of doubt to Lizzie's uh, thought process and then and kind of starts that crazy train rolling. Right. So, but I'm curious to know what, what you mean when you say that's not how it that's plays not, out. That's not, because actually Lizzie starts seeing things first. Okay. The, chronologically first? Yes. You know what? And and actually, now that you mentioned that, you're you're right, and I'm I'm wrong in my recollection of the movie because she throughout this movie she says to her husband several times before the other people show up, she's like, "There's something out there, right? There's something outside at night." Yeah, and he's like, "No, there's not." Yeah, yeah, this is that's right. Okay. Oh, giving me chills, man. So- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before anything chronologically the scene where there's when like there's the knocking at the door and she opens it up and it blows out all the candles and Mm -hmm. blows out her trying to light the light the candle and stuff spooky as fuck she's pregnant during that scene really lizzie is pregnant during that scene and so that happens before everything if you were to put it in chronological order the first scene would be Lizzie being confronted by the wind, an evil presence in her mind, you know, interesting. And, and then, um, and then she's comforted by Isaac and that's like the best shot of the movie with her creepy eye looking past Yeah, his, him hugging her. Yeah. And then, uh, Isaac burns, her book that talks about demons. Okay. There's, there's this like a uh, demons of the plains little pamphlet. Yeah. It's one of that these Lizzie has. Yeah. It's one of these little, little pamphlets. I mean, I remember, I remember, do you remember as a kid, these little propaganda pamphlets that were meant for like the weak minded people that would like somehow make their way into school or something like that? No, you don't. Rem- so- I mean, I remember people out on the corner would hand out like the the New Testament 
books. Sure. So I remember at some point there being like little KKK or like really or like white supremacy pamphlets. Wow, that must be a Ridgefield thing. <laughs> it was it was so weird because because they were like little 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 comic books and they would depict like Jews or or African Americans like you know super st- and and as even as a little kid you're like what the fuck is this what is this weird oh, shit weird no I never saw anything like that that's crazy this, this so this demon pamphlet reminded me very much of these little propaganda like trying to net kids or or gullible people into like it looked like that same production quality yeah like. Just just a little book that's meant to put weird shit in your head. Yeah. So I think in the timeline, I actually missed something. I think because it's shown, it shows there's a scene, the reverend or the preacher gives her, no, wait. Wow. This is, I think I'm even wrong in my timeline already because the reverend gives her the book and a Bible and her response to him is I don't need the Bible anymore because I assume it's after she loses her baby that's that's up for debate I suppose I yeah. don't that it's it's not it's never explicitly it's very hard to piece together the like rigid chronological yeah. timeline of this because it does jump around a it's, lot it's kind of interesting because there's <clears throat> it's not as obvious um, there's not a lot of cues for where in the timeline you are. Usually with a movie like this where you're jumping around a lot, there will be, um, hints from the clothing that they're wearing. Yeah. Like it'll, but <laughs> Lizzie is always, almost always wearing the exact same blue dress throughout all of this. But sometimes there's some extra accessory or there's a situation where she wakes up in a certain spot and you really got to pay close attention to find those tipping off points. So even now, as I was going through this, I think I might have I might have lost something. Anyway, so Isaac burns the demon book, and then Isaac gives Lizzie a shotgun to protect herself from demons. Yeah. Um, or really just from, I mean, I think his intention was there's wolves out there, you know. Um, well, the wolf scene is later. It's, right, but, but I mean, he gives her a gun because there's, you know, they're out in the middle of absolute nowhere, and there are well, some he, things to be scared of. Well, I mean, in the, in the scene itself, he says, if you see a demon, shoot it. Um, he's, he's, it's very much like giving her a comfort, giving her something to, like, comfort herself with, to yeah, say, I'm yeah. protected now. Um, anyways, um, the Macklins lose the baby. And they bury the baby along with the Bible that they have. The Macklins are this this new couple. No. The Macklins are Lizzie and Isaac. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. It happened so out of order that, yes, and then they put a little, they, they put a little head um, stone yeah, on, Samuel, on that tree. For Samuel, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on the tree. So I'm not sure if that Bible is the one that the Reverend gives her or if the Reverend appears after the Bible. That's that's one thing that anyways, it doesn't doesn't really matter. And then after that, the Harpers move in. Okay. Emma and Gideon. So there's been a lot of stuff that have ha- has happened already. Right. Lizzie lost a baby, 
she was already like seeing things and has at this point probably gathered herself and felt more secure for a time. And then the Harpers move in and throw her, her stabilized state into all kinds of weirdness. They have a dinner together, the Harpers and the Macklins. Yeah. Well, before that, they, so they, they show up and she's in, and the husband go. her husband goes off and talks to him and he comes back and she's like, how are they? And oh, he's, yeah. like, he's like, they're weird. <laughs> yeah. They're a little weird. They're a little strange. They're she's nervous. Like, what? And he's like, they're nervous. You know, they're, this is their, this is their first time out here and kind of like, yeah, the way you, you describe it is, um, Emma Harper is, comes from wealth mm-hmm. and she was kind of, privileged young woman and she just recently got married to Gideon and Gideon decided to uproot them and come out west and start a homestead and it's very obvious that Gideon he is inept doesn't know what he's doing at all and isn't handy and that first dinner like it's pretty obvious that their relationship it's not off to a strong start it's very much like a newlywed couple that you'd be like uh uh-oh Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Should not have pulled that trigger. Yeah, because in during that dinner, uh, Gideon, you know, so they're eating dinner at, at Lizzie and and uh, Isaac. Isaac's house. And so the, the established couple is having the new couple over for dinner. And, and Gideon, the new guy, is like, boy, this sure is great dinner you made, Lizzie. You should teach... That's right. Like there's only four people in the whole house and they're all sitting together in, in the in, by by candlelight eating dinner. And he's like, boy, you sure could teach my wife a few things about cooking. And it's like, you do not. Oh, and yeah. everybody because everybody there except f- for apparently Gideon's like, God damn, that was savage. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And then the the next scene, it shows. The Macklins helping out the the uh, the Harpers get off to a good start. It's like, let me help you plant your crops. Yeah, Lizzie is... At least get something in the ground. Yeah, Lizzie comes over and helps Emma weed, and Gideon brings over his uh, plow. Mm-hmm. And as Gideon is, like, helping... No, sorry, Isaac comes over. Yeah. Gideon... As Gideon is getting help from Isaac... Um, the other <laughs> tip, tipping, the other red flag is Emma is talking with, with, uh, with Lizzie and saying like how much more handy Isaac is and it's and like, like your husband's I, pretty pretty cute. I yeah. like his butt. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't say any of pretty that, much. but that's essentially yeah. what's <laughs> what's being conveyed. She like boy, your husband is good at this. My husband blows. Yeah, and then then they're weeding, and then Emma just says. I'm going to go get them some water. Get the boys some water. She, you know, serves it seductively to Isaac. (laughs) Yeah, she, she, so she, she pours water into a cup and then, and then holds the cup and feeds it to Isaac Mm -hmm. and then hands her husband a cup into his hand. He's like, drink that shit. Let me, let me just feed this, this other strange new man some, who's who's really good at plowing. (laughs) He likes to plow. Uh, yeah. Emma definitely wants Isaac to plow her field. Big time. Um, sow those seeds. Another scene, Emma comes over in the rain 
and you know she's all wet (laughs) and talking about you know talking more shit about gideon i'm sure and then i'm pretty sure there's a scene with the macklin's fucking yeah that's i think that's where that comes in so this is where like it throws you for a loop because there's several scenes where it's like that could be be before or after that scene where they have sex it could be when they got pregnant with their their son Samuel or it could be after like everything and then Lizzie is pregnant with a new baby when the presence comes right this so it's it's un I don't want to say it's unknowable. It's probably knowable, and it's actually you know now the more the further down this this your attempt at at doing the chronology of this whole thing, the more interested I am to go back and watch right. this movie again. Yeah, because this is a, it's clearly a puzzle that has been laid out. Yeah, for the viewer. Yeah, it's it's a it's interesting when uh, like just jumping back and forth as I was kind of trying to organize it all there were there were some little surprises because and it's impressive how they skillfully added uncertainty with the order of scenes which they chose oh yes yeah and uh, you really have to puzzle it out a little bit um okay so now Emma starts going crazy <laughs> like Gideon comes over knocking on the uh <clears throat> the Macklin's door and says, Hey, uh something ain't right with Emma. Lizzie goes over, finds Emma underneath a table, and Emma uh first of all reveals that she's pregnant, but also reveals that she's seeing stuff. Yeah. You know, that demons are coming after. Yeah. And it's very unnerving. <laughs> to imagine imagine okay, imagine your house is lit only by candlelight. It's nighttime, you're on the prairie, it's just windy outside all the time. It's just just wind. And and your significant other chooses to hold themselves up under the bed. Just like, I'm not coming out of here. Like, okay, where does that leave us? Like, this is just, (laughs) this is unnerving because, because you have a person who's losing it and they're just... Stuck under the bed. Yeah, imagine living in such seclusion that there's only four people in civilization around you, and one of them starts going crazy. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. That's what the gun's for, man. Is like... Yeah, it's, it's actually, in terms of like talking about horror movies, it feels a lot more claustrophobic, because it feels like... The thing where they're all in one yes. building or something and they're closed in. It's that feeling, except they're in the wide open spaces. Yeah. Like, they're they're very close to each other, but there's nothing around them for a vast expanse. Right. There's essentially, there's essentially three places in this movie. There is the Macklin's house. There is the... Harper's. Harper's house. And then there's this mile in between. Those are the three places in this movie. Right. And you're e- you're either at one or the other, usually inside, or you're walking between the two. And there there doesn't really exist many other places in, in this movie. In, I think that's all there is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next in chronology, 
Emma is well. First of all, as as Lizzie is leaving, oh, so she she drugs Emma. She like smothers her with ether, ether or, or whatever. And then she's leaving. She's like, she tells Gideon, uh, t- tie her up. It's tired of that bed. Tired of that bed. You know. And then as Emma's so the next in the chronology, Emma is like talking to Lizzie. She's in the bed and she's reciting demons. And Lizzie is like trying to tell her to, you know, stop, calm down. Yeah. Like you need to, you know, let yourself not be insane. And then here's here's where the chronology, as far as I can tell, goes. So then Lizzie kind of goes crazy a little bit. Um I'm pretty sure this is when Lizzie shoots Emma in the face. Yeah, I wasn't terribly clear on that. Mm. It was definitely hinted at. There was yeah, a standoff. So, I mean, they. what happens is throughout most of the movie, you're basically told that Emma shot herself. Right. In the head. In the head. And then the question is, how did she get that gun? And the scene, this this is like the scene in like the 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 shot order of the actual film. It's revealed at close to the very end, yeah. And it shows Emma in the rain, and I think she has Lizzie's gun, and Lizzie takes it away from Emma, and then Lizzie shoots her in the face. Yeah, yeah, and kills her. In a lot of ways, this movie is like the ultimate gaslight. Yeah. It's it's essentially this this bitch is crazy. Yeah. And then we gotta take care of her. We got it we got like like we can't she can't be allowed to continue being crazy, so I'll just frame her for killing herself. Right. Right. Um <clears throat> so Lizzie shoots Emma, and this is in the rain. That's the important connective tissue, and if you're going to stitch this all together. And then, from what Why? I can, Why is that? Because that's, like, the only thing that tips you off of when... There's several times that Lizzie wakes up from sleeping. And each time, you're assuming it's after a certain event. But if you look at either the accessories that she's wearing or what's happening outside it tells you when she's waking cuz okay. she wakes a couple times with the gun yeah and she wakes one or two times without uh-huh so anyways so from what i can tell lizzie goes home falls asleep uh she wakes up and throws up in the rain it's still raining yeah. it's like early morning um, she takes some medicine. That's when she goes into the bottle and takes like some dust or whatever. It's probably Tylenol or something. And then she falls asleep on some bags of something. Yeah. Okay. Supplies. <clears throat> then she's woken up by Isaac and Gideon frantically waking her up and bringing in um, Emma and saying, we, we, need, get this. we need to get the baby. We need to get the baby out of her. Yeah. And so... And they, that's and and as far as how the how the movie is shown, like that's the first scene in this movie is her basically, yeah, coming out of 
just post surgery, you right. know, just pulling this this baby out of her. Right. So she cuts out she cuts out the baby, brings it out. It's dead because mm-hmm. I mean it must have been a while if Lizzie fell asleep, woke up, and fell asleep again, and then they bring it to her. Yeah, and 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 Lizzie's not being quick about getting in there. Yeah, like she's like, mm. you know, I didn't even think of that. You're right. Yeah. she's she's not like she looks at the at the she stomach. Already knows. She looks at the stomach and she's like. Man, I don't know about this. Yeah, like it's because I, I guess if you think about it, if you found some someone dead that was pregnant in the old west, there'd be no way of telling whether that baby was alive or not. Right. But I mean, she did <laughs> she did kill Emma, so yeah. it's like I'm <laughs> I'm not having your because because there's a the strong insinuation in this movie that the child could definitely be right. Uh, what's her? What's his name? Isaac. Isaac. There's only four people in this movie. Their names are just different enough for me to be like, who? Gideon. Okay, and then from what I can tell, Lizzie is in the bath scrubbing herself, and Isaac comes in with the gun, and there's like a lot of tension. Yeah. And this was actually pretty early in the film when right. she's when she's washing herself, and then. In the uh, the sequence of the shots in the film, when she's bathing, it comes right after the wolf attack. Right. And so it seems like she's washing after the wolf attack. It does seem like that. Um, and Isaac comes in with the shotgun and puts it down. So you know something's out of order because she had the shotgun after the wolf attack. And there's a lot of tension. And <laughs> as you review it, you realize the tension is they found this gun... With Emma, and they don't want to talk about what happened because I think he might have questions about how that gun is out there and who's responsible for killing Emma. Yeah, the tension is definitely, it's, you did something wrong, Lizzie. I'm questioning, like, that's, that's just the feel in the room. Yeah. I'm questioning you. All right, so then they bury Emma with the baby. Um, shows her half her head gone, and uh, in the in the shot in the sequence of shots of the film, the scene is very early on. Yeah, but really, this is towards the end in chronology. Okay, and then Isaac and Gideon leave, and from what you understand, it, it, it it's telling you that Lizzie basically forgets that she shot Emma because she's asking Isaac. How did she get the gun? Yeah. You know? And Isaac is, like, not really wanting to confront her about it or not wanting to address it. So there's some kind of secret about the gun. And then Isaac leaves with Gideon. Isaac says he's off to get supplies. And Gideon is going to sell the property and move back home. Yeah. So, essentially, the thing that I got from that was she's gaslighting everybody. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think she's, no, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think she doesn't realize what she did. Oh, I think she's, she's blocking herself. Was she possessed by a demon? Abaddon, the destroyer? Maybe. Okay. And then, so they leave and this is like kind of the other main connective tissue is whether Isaac is there or not, because I remember watching it, and I'm like, there's a lot of scenes where Isaac isn't there. Oh, Isaac's gone for most of the movie. Yeah, and I can't remember when he leaves or why. 
yeah, he it's it feels like the, at the start of the movie, you're given the strong sense that he is going somewhere for some reason. Like he's, I, I'll see you later. I'm taken off. And there was like another person there with him. Yeah, or a couple people. And he had he had to go do something or get something or talk to someone or something. Yeah, but I can't. Rem- I, I don't think it's ever explicitly told. Well, I just said. So it's after after Emma is buried, he leaves with Gideon. oh to go to go tell her. Gideon's going to settle his affairs. He's going to sell yeah, their property, right. and then he's going to move back home. That's Isaac right. is just leaving. He's going to be gone to get supplies for the winter. Right. Basically, yes. Um, all right, so now Isaac's gone, and then a lot of stuff happens. She's doing the laundry, and then there's a wolf attack. Yeah, she this just... is where the wolf scene happens, and in the in the shot sequence of the film, this the wolf scene happens very early on. And there's some there's some uh, symbolism in this scene that at least I th- I think there might be, or I read into it too far, which is their clothesline. Is set up uh, basically with two crucifixes. They're, they're, mm. and and the 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 meaning the the reason I derive that meaning is because the shot of their clothesline is framed in such a way, and the camera stays on it for long enough that's like this is a cross, and then it falls down, um, mm. while she's running away from the the wolves. Oh, okay. And okay. so and so that's kind of a little bit of the god is not here kind of thing or I've lost my I've lost my faith kind of thing it, because the evil is here to get me. Yeah. There's no one else there's no one else here. It's just me and evil. Yeah. Um and then the goat's dead and as I was thinking about it right now, I'm wondering if the goat was actually dead from the wolves. I think that would be like if I noticed whether the clothesline was up or not. So when that you, would tell me when you started getting into this cr- chronology thing, I, I bit my tongue and I held back on this theory for um, in in favor of like throwing it down towards the end because what I want to posit is that you could play this movie backwards potentially and have that be the correct chronology. I mean, it's still going to be out of, out of order, but that might be, I mean, it might make as much sense. I mean, yeah, you can reorder. I mean, it does not follow any rules for how it ordered the scenes. Like there's no consistency with how the scenes are ordered. So you could play the exact same scenes in reverse order, and you'd still have to figure out everything. Right. What's what's the end? What's the? How does this movie end? Do you recall? Yeah, just a second. I want to. I want to check something. Let's let's hold for a second. All right. Yeah. So it doesn't say. Anyways. So, yeah. From what I can tell, the goat is dead. She comes out after the wolf attack and sees that the wolves have eaten some of the goat, and then. The next in chronology, she comes out, and the goat's alive, and right. she shoots the goat. Right, because the inference in in that scene is this this thing came back to life, right? And it shouldn't be. And that's the inference from the sequence of the shots. But I wasn't sure if that was a red herring or not. But yeah, from from what I can tell, that is actually what happened. Um, 
now Lizzie goes over the Harpers and it's like starts going on full on crazy. And uh stuff starts to happen. I can't remember what the what happens necessarily then, but the Harper's place is empty and it's got a bunch of lights on and stuff, and then yeah. I think yeah. she sees the shadow. Yeah. And then she finds Emma's diary and finds out that Emma's baby could likely be Isaac's from what Emma said. And and uh, Lizzie tears out the pages and burns them. So from the movie, when you're watching it, you're assuming that she finds out about the baby before... Um, she goes crazy or something. No, she, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, it's, yeah. it's confusing. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then Lindsay, Lizzie goes home. She drugs herself with ether and falls asleep on the bed with a shotgun. As you, as, as you do. Yeah. And then the Reverend arrives. Um, Lizzie's still alone. And I got, as an aside, this reverend, wh- whoever plays him, is like, um, I pulled up his name on IMDb. So it's played by Miles Anderson. And this would be an excellent um, example of poor man's actor. So Miles Anderson is basically the poor man's Michael Parks. Who's Michael Parks? So Michael Parks is the... The guy in Kill Bill that played the sheriff and the oh, drug yeah. lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks a lot like Michael Parks. That's true. Um, that guy, um, boy, um, Quentin Tarantino really likes that guy. Yeah. Well, he's dead now. He's dead? Michael Parks is dead. Oh, why? What happened to him? Um. Uh, well, he ceased to live. Oh. Well, that would be... That's the leading cause of death. Yeah. Um... Anyways, he, I was like, kept watching. I'm like, is that Michael Parks? I'm like, but no, it can't be because he's dead. Um, anyways, Reverend comes over. Lizzie tells Reverend, you can go sleep in the Harper's house because it's empty, but don't let anyone in at night, even if it's me. Reverend comes scrambling back to the Macklin's house, and Lizzie lets him in, and he's like, what is that thing? What is going on? What is here with you? And then... And me. And then he turns into Demon Reverend. That was like a super... That's probably like one of the spookiest parts. Ugh, yeah. It's like his eyes slowly turn black, and you're like, oh, shit. She let in the evil. Mm-hmm. The evil took on this form of of a godly man, and now you're fucked. And then... Um, so the events of that night happen. There's like a struggle, and, you know, she's going crazy and then the next morning i think she finds the reverend dead and then she goes back home and she finds the bible that she buried with samuel unburied and laying on her door with dirt all over it with dirt all over it and then lizzie goes out with the shotgun and is going to commit suicide puts the shotgun in her mouth and that's when isaac writes back yeah and then she points it at him and then, um, from what I can understand, then there's the scene where she goes full crazy, like she's thrown around the room, the windows explode, um, and she falls on the table and 
stabs herself with some scissors from falling on the table. Yeah. And then she wakes up and she's tied up. And Isaac is like, you got to stop being crazy. Bitch, you got to get your shit together. And she's like, no, you don't understand. And then Isaac's eyes start turning black and she cuts herself away and stabs Isaac in the neck. And yeah. kills Isaac. So there's an inference here, like uh, an argument could be made that if you if you work the timeline correctly, the Reverend was the first person sh- she meets uh-huh. in the chronology. It could be. I'm, I'm still not quite clear. Could on that. be. It could be. And she lets him into the house, even though she's spooked, even though she feels like there's something around here. And that's what kicks off the whole rest of this movie. Now she's evil because the evil got in. It got her. The Reverend got her. And and uh, and then she goes basically goes on a killing spree. No, it can't be the first thing because she finds the Reverend dead and then finds the Bible unburied. So she gives it can't be the first thing, but it can be the thing that sets off the the other events. Right. I mean, sure, they could have lost their baby and she could have had a bad feeling about this place. And no, I'm, then, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure how I have it is, is the sequence, because I don't think that she could. She met the, the reverend previously before, like the demon reverend, because she meets him while they're riding in the right. wagon. She's uh-huh. in a wagon. So they're going to the homestead. Mm-hmm. So that's the first time she meets the Reverend, but then she re- meets the Reverend again in the middle at yeah. the end of the film. So yeah, the Reverend is the, is like the fifth character. So you see the Reverend a couple times you see him or he's mentioned a couple times. You see him give the Bible and the demon of the demons of the Prairie book to Lizzie chronology. Chronologically, that's probably one of the very first things that happened because she's in the wagon. She's riding up to the house. They're just arriving. And then Emma mentions seeing the Reverend on the way there. Mm -hmm. They were traveling and and saw the Reverend. Um, And she also had Demons of the Prairie book. Yeah. And then the Reverend arrives after Emma's dead and stays at the Harper's house. And so, yeah, the Reverend is the the common factor between all the craziness. So now here's, here's the question. After all said and done, was it demons or was Lizzie crazy? Why not both? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't answer it explicitly. It's like one of the best types of endings of right. where it doesn't outright tell you. Yeah. So what do you think? If you were to choose one, which one is it? If I were to choose one, it's Lizzie's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's that she has been driven crazy uh-huh. by her time out here. Right. It's not for everyone, and it got to her. Right. The solitude, the losing a child, the the jealousy of seeing you know this woman who clearly likes her husband. And had a baby and had by... Her husband potentially like like at that point she's she's lost it so so much, but on the other hand, I mean so you kind of have an unreliable narrator in, mm-hmm. in this in this story, which is to say for the most part you see three things through Lizzie's eyes, 
So when you do see quote unquote evidence of right. demons, like like when the reverend comes in and his eyes turn black, that's her perception potentially. Yeah. That could be when when you see the shadow of the big hand reaching out for her in in the when when the when the camera is kind of moving away from the house and the doors open. Ooh, God, give me chills just yeah. to think about it because it's it's like the Babadook kind of thing. It's like uh-huh. a thing reaching for her, mm-hmm. and uh, but that could just be her perception. Mm-hmm. Like that could just be like her opinion, man. <laughs> so so it's hard it's hard to say, and it is left open enough that it could it could be either yeah so i'm pretty sure that you're right and i agree with you because i i watched some an interview with the filmmakers on on like the premiere at toronto film festival and basically they asked the the writer Teresa sutherland you know what the inspiration was and she basically said like oh yeah i live in Ohio or wherever out in the plains and said, yeah, she would hear stories from her aunts of ladies on the plains just going crazy. And she started digging into it and it really piqued her interest. Just so, I mean, that's, that's the origin of it is literally the idea of the seclusion and being out alone, driving women mad. It is really interesting because uh, like one of my my fantasies is being so alone that you know that you're driven crazy no not that i'm driven <laughs> like i like i could i could i feel like i could do pretty well in those sorts of scenarios but i talk to people you know like my grandmother always always so my grandmother's from well she's she grew up uh, all throughout the the united states in chicago but and and now and then she spent most of her life in in the bay area but but one thing has always been true when she comes up here. This is a like particularly where my parents live is a lot more rural. So they live on they live on acreage and the one thing she would always say would be I can't like at night she'd say I can't see any lights. Like mm. doesn't doesn't that bother you? It bothers me. I'm bothered. What where are the where are the neighbors houses? Mm-hmm. And uh and so that bothers her whereas I'm the exact opposite. I, in my house, I'm I've been in my house which is in a neighborhood for 8 years, something like that, and I still get, hear noises outside and I'm like, "What the fuck is that? Who's doing that?" What because it'll be like a car door closing and I'll get up and look at the out the window. Like that's how much it bothers me. I get up out of bed <laughs> and and I go and look because I don't like I don't like the X factor that people provide, and she can't live without it. Hmm. It's weird that everybody's so different that way. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you just get all you need is that person who's not right for that scenario, and you get me, you know, you get a person who's antsy and paranoid and weird around, you know, just we want to hear a car door close at 11 o'clock at night. Right. So that's that's the whole film unraveled as as best as I can. Um but yeah, I mean in terms of how the story is told in the sequence of shots, there's a lot of uncertainty. So it makes you feel like Emma went crazy first and then Lizzie, but in actuality if you unravel it, Lizzie was already crazy before Emma even showed up. It and does, then Emma just made it worse. It does seem that way. Although, you know, the movie the movie starts out you're you're 
that's this is this is your boy. You know, Lizzie is is your um, heroine. Yeah, you know? and it, it shows her as competent because they bring Emma to her and say, like, fix this. Yeah, this. The, yeah, go ahead and make her good. Yeah, and uh, and that turns out not to probably not to be the case. Yeah. Because she went crazy and shot her in the face. So we did uh, did our best to unravel kind of the the way the story plays out. Tell us if we're wrong. If we got it, we've had a couple people like that are smart. Hey, hey, <laughs> idiots! You, you you didn't do that. You didn't figure this out. You dummies! Who's who's the guy that reached out to us on Twitter? About the little stranger and like set us right on that one. Oh yes, we need him uh, to review the, this. Movie. The weirdling. Yeah, the weirdling. So the weirdling, you you check our math on the the chronology on this and get back to us. Yeah, but but I should mention like so the story isn't the only thing about this movie. It is a beautiful movie. Yeah, and it is it is well shot and it's skillfully made and edited with care. Like this is a an interesting thing to look at as well as to kind of to follow the story of yeah if this movie was actually told chronologically it would still be interesting to me um but i think all the people that disliked the witch or hereditary for being too boring would not like this movie i think the fact that they told it through a non-linear narrative actually keeps your interest enough yeah and keeps it not boring and there's not as much nothing happening. I feel like people who don't like The Witch or Hereditary because, quote-unquote, it's boring, are psychopaths. <laughs> like, you have to be a sociopath. Yeah. Not you to, have to have no empathy. No empathy. That's what the, these, movie, these movies that, that really key into, I think, your and my uh, real... Our, our lane is empathy. Like, I can sit there and, like, you tell me, if you sit me with the movie 8th grade, it has such a profound impact on me because I, as soon as you sit me down with any character and tell me they're you, I'm that person the whole movie. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And the movies that don't do that, I just can't care about. Right. I can't care about a character that I don't understand what their inner world is. Right. It's why slashers are the least compelling horror movies to me, for the most part. Yeah. Because in Freddy vs. Jason, there's nothing to care about. I don't care who wins. You know? <laughs> like, I, everybody loses. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Because there's no one in those movies to care about. Right. Yeah. Okay, so final recommendations. Who would like this? I think we've been over who yeah. would like this. I think anybody who likes a psychological thriller uh, would yep. really appreciate this movie. Historical western stuff. I think if you like The Witch, you'll you'll def- you should probably watch it. Um, I think even if you like just western horror, yeah. this is this oh, is great, yeah. big time. Yeah, if you've seen Bone Tomahawk, yeah. this has a very, very similar feel. Very different film from Bone Tomahawk, but it is western. So, like, if you like the western part of that. It feels very much like a Western. There really does need to... There's a real niche that's starting to grow around Western horror. And I and I, I really appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Because it's, it's truly... It's compelling. You know, it's something about the, you know, the history, the historical I- impetus of 
of yeah, America. Western, Western horror is great because the the old West is already naturally horrifying. Yeah, just life in the old West is like, uh oh, broke your leg. Well, you're gonna die now. Yeah, a long horrible death. Yeah, yeah, it's it's compelling in a lot for a lot of different ways. I would love to see a lot more Western horror. Yeah, well, it's definitely more successful than than a sci-fi Western crossovers. <laughs> Remember. Cowboys versus aliens. Are you talking about Wild Wild West? I do. <laughs> wow, not a great track record on sci-fi fantasy western. You don't crossover. like giant mechanical spiders? No. Okay. I think the, the only the closest analog would maybe be the Indiana Jones movies. You could say that's kind of a western and fantasy. You mean the Crystal Skull? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that. Go see it. It's only seven bucks. It's a great date movie if you want to scare your girlfriend or wife or whatever. Or I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting enough. Like, if you're a wife or your husband, I could see Aaron watching this movie just from the female perspective side of it and the drama element of it being a period piece. It's yeah. If we, if I came in to this and just she didn't know it was a horror movie she'd be on board for it until demons came yeah well i mean no i think i think but I, but there's a the the demon aspect of this makes it very interesting just to anyone i think yeah um okay let's move on to taglines I think that's one of our best, yeah, our best drops <laughs> or intros. Uh, so taglines is a bit where we try to come up with new taglines for the movie we were reviewing this week. Um, maybe better, maybe funnier, more engaging. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, here, I'll go first, and then you go. Okay. The wind. Bitches be tripping. <laughs> A perennial, perennial favorite. favorite. Yeah. I hope you didn't pick that one, because that one was the obvious first choice for me. Okay, here's, here's mine. The wind. Hey, shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. I should hang on, hang on. We're, we're going to redo this. Okay. Mine is, uh, is my first tagline is a clip. From season two of Family Guy, where uh, you got a, a a one horse town, so it's a single horse having a conversation with himself in a town all alone. Hey, shut up! No, you shut up! No, you shut up! You shut up! You're the one talking. Well, there's no one else here. Look, everybody, just shut up! What's that? The wind. <laughs> the wind. <laughs> all right, the wind. Oklahoma, where the wind comes driving you insane. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> good job. The wind carries your hopes, your dreams, your screams. <laughs> that's good. That was an actual, that could be a tagline yeah, at the bottom of the poster. Yeah, that's good. The wind, not to be confused with the wind. 
Okay, so for this tagline, you have to imagine the movie uh, poster or trailer for this movie being the woman aiming her gun at the sheep. There's there's this part in this movie where it's it's really it's a it's a great a, a great shot of just a woman standing ten feet away from a sheep who's looking at her like hey I'm a sheep and she's got this big fucking gun pointed at it mm-hmm. and uh, so think of think of that in your head a story of love and loss on the plains the wind is sure to sweep you off your feet <laughs> I right. don't know yeah, yeah I, I think I think it. Ah, you, 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 you get you get yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, I got one more. Oh, okay, all right. The wind proving that the scariest natural disaster is in fact spinny wind. <laughs> uh, we all know it's the sinkholes. It's definitely earthquakes. <clears throat> okay, now let's do. It came from social media. Yes, it came from social media. To fill the world with terror. To bring you unforgettable suspense. (coughs) What was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? So it came from social media. We just wanted to um, talk about what's happening on our Facebook, our Twitter, um, Instagram. People that reach out to us and uh, people that have comments about past sh- shows um so ricky from tennessee reached out to us on facebook what's up ricky he had a lot of great things to say we really appreciate him uh, reaching out he says your show rocks and i gave it five stars i've listened to almost all of your episodes and i'd really like you to review hear a review on evil dead which is my all-time favorite he's talking about e- the the remake the 2013 yeah. one or yeah. 2012 something like that uh, it says, if y'all give me a shout out, that'd make my day while I slave away 40 hours a week in a hellhole. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to have a bit that's just called Be Like Ricky, where yeah. where where we talk about how Ricky talks to us uh-huh. and uh, and and you got to be that way. Yeah. We had a long conversation with Ricky on, on Facebook, just talking horror movies and. Yeah. Yeah. He's like getting feedback. Yeah, so actually, the, uh, the so Evil Dead, obviously classic series of of movies, right? You got the original, which introduced the cabin in the woods ish kind of concept. You got the second one that's just fabulous, a a wonderful movie overall, and then the Army of Darkness, which is hilarious, and then you have the remake, which I I think it's a very I think the remake is a very controversial film because it goes so hard in the paint. Like, that movie is fucking crazy. Like, there is so much blood in that movie, it's unbelievable. And it and for me, it doesn't work as well because it loses all the fun. Like, there's no fun in that movie. It's mm. just serious shit. <laughs> so I would like to review I would like to review that one, Ricky. Uh, Ricky also told us the games y'all play are good. Tell Bryce to keep playing the trailers on the show because it helps people like me get an idea of what the movie is like that haven't watched when you guys review it. Uh, People can't watch trailers at work or when they drive. LOL. And also he told us where he found out 
about the podcast. He said, I have Spotify and your show popped up in suggestions. So I gave you a listen and you guys had me with the cat box ad at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> what was the cat box ad? Do you remember? Yeah, it was a cat box and then. It had my wife as the crazy cat lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Order now and get free air holes. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, it was yeah, it was a subscription box that sent you cats. Oh, okay, that's perfect. Yeah. So if you're a crazy cat lady, if you're if you have someone in your life that's a crazy cat lady, it's the perfect subscription box. What's that? Me. What's that disease you get when you have to, when you have cats? Um, I know what you're talking about. Cat. It has, it has toxic in the name. <laughs> Toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis. Um, yeah, Ricky says, if you blow up, don't replace those joke ads with boring sponsors. If we blow up. Come on now. We blew up in, in oh, July. Yeah, man. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. This month, we've we've had our best... We're going to have our best month in April, and it's only... The tenth, yeah, bar it's none. Only, yeah, we're almost halfway through the through April, and we're almost surpassing. We're doing really good. Yeah, last month because we're ranked number one for Pet Cemetery original versus remake, and among other things. We're not a doing ton of traffic. We're to not the doing poorly in in Google overall. We're we're pretty pretty good at that. Um, you, you know, I I wanted to mention. Uh, I know this is I know this is it came from social media, but. Uh, have you gone back and watched, or I'm sorry, listened to any of our like first episodes? Uh uh-uh. Oof, I have. <laughs> it is. You know, I was kind of. I I thought they were pretty bad, but when I went back, um, I was actually surprised at how early we had the format. Like it didn't take us very long to get the format down. The the format, you're right. You, you know, and uh, but just uh i think we've become a lot better at uh just talking right kind of and being able to riff on off of each other's right. ideas and stuff that's that has come a long way uh not to pat myself on the back too far, right. too hard we got a lot a long way to go i believe but but i feel a lot better about the way we sound now versus who those first couple well to wrap up ricky's comments the last thing he said was my favorite thing <laughs> Which is to further pat ourselves on the back. He said, I listened to some competition and no comparison. Thank you, Ricky. I just came in my pants. I agree. I agree, (laughs) though. Like, for the most part, there's there's exceptions that prove that that prove the rule. But, um, yeah, it's yeah. If you're looking for horror movie review podcasts, there are some good ones that are, are very successful. But some of the ones that are like top ranking for it are like, dude. Just shitty audio and people rambling about it. Don't. I take pride in you know trying to do some preparation. Yeah, um, and I think it's good that our format is one movie because we can go in depth and it's not just like a bunch of people talking about a bunch of horror movies. I know saying, what you're talking about right now. A bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Next, Dana from Oh. Oklahoma also sent us a message on Facebook. She said, "Keep doing what you're doing, maybe with less belching." LOL. I I don't think we've had any many belches this. No, this I, I mean I'm taking it seri- seriously, Dana. I I'm I've been holding them in, like because she she points out this is from one of your female fans. You do have them. 
I'm sure we I'm sure we have them. We have we have female fans with delicate sensibilities Look at us. that we don't want to offend with our how, bodily functions. How could we not have female fans? Yeah. I mean, we're so sexy. I'm <laughs> go, go to our Instagram page and you'll just understand. You'll why, understand why they're flocking. Yeah. The and the thing you really don't get to appreciate on Instagram is the smell. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you can you can hear our voice and you can see our pictures. Sure. And that's very alluring. But the smell, though, powerful, yeah. <laughs> powerfully good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Dana says, you guys rock. Have a good one. And I know Dana was, you know, one of our first five star reviews on on Facebook. So yeah, for sure. And really actually. Actually, so I just received him. I I got on our Facebook uh, as this as this bit started, and she just sent us another message that says, "The wind is playing at Rodeo Cinema in OKC this eve this weekend, and I do plan on seeing it!" Exclamation point. Nice. Yeah, she she says can't say for sure now how scary the planes are. That's subjective. Let's just say they're eerily calm and absolutely fierce. The wind itself can be blustery, rough, violent, and unforgiving. We're in Tornado Alley. That's one of these things that I'm constantly like, I all, all the time I'm on Zillow looking at houses in like the middle of the country. And I'm like, God damn, it's cheap to live there. Like where we are, it's like for a three bedroom house, it's at least three fifty yeah. right now. Yeah. And, and I look at, Three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. In, case. in Oklahoma, they might think it's actually three hundred fifty dollars. Right. So it's you have to clarify. So, but 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 here we don't have a lot of issues other than rain all the time. But boy, man, hurricanes. I I think if I lived in hurricanes and tornadoes land, it would I would change my tune about earthquakes real quick. Yeah. I mean, I I lived in Texas for a couple of years. Yeah, that's right. And there was one time when the tornado sirens came on, and the first thing I did was run out and try to look for a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where is it? I want to see it. Did you see, see it? it? No. It was just a real heavy storm. The storms there are pretty impressive. That's one things. One of the things that the Northwest does not have is impressive lightning right. storms. Yeah, no. If you go to like Utah or places where there aren't mountains to stop the the thing rolling f- through, where they just like come just rushing in from nowhere, yeah. and then blam, 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 and then they're gone as yeah. fast as they came. Yeah, and then the other thing is like in Texas, the clouds are like to me alarmingly high. They're like so far above you. In the northwest, they're like... Here. They're down on the ground. They're on the tops of the trees, basically. You can look up, or it's just hazy all the time. Yeah. But in other places, you know, they have clouds that are ominous. When you're in them, there's no perspective. Right. So when you can see them coming from 20 miles away, it's like, oh, goddamn, look at that thing. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyways, I never saw a tornado. But I, I did... I was in an area called Kilgore... That's a that, badass area. That had a tornado come through probably like just months before I got there and just seeing the devastation just from trees and stuff is like, holy shit, just snapping them like twigs. Wow. There was, so one time when I was, at one point I was working in this country in Africa called Mauritania and it's it's in the middle of the Sahara uh, Desert and... um at night, I heard, like, it sounded like a freight train, like, far away. And the desert 
is, you know, I mean, it's complete. You got you got stars all all over the place because you're far, far away from civilization. We were at a gold mine and uh, and I remember hearing this train sound. And I was like, what is that? So I like walked to the edge of camp and uh, and I like and I you could see the stars like going away, kind of, you know, like there was black. There was just black. Oh, yeah. Over just kind of like moving forward and like enveloping all the stars. And it got louder and louder. And then it sounded like by the time it was it started, I didn't realize what was going on. I was like, what is happening? And at some point it got to be so loud that it sounded like 30 trains. It was just like, rah. And then. Like the 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 lights from camp illuminated like right before it hit me, this giant wall of sand just just blasted me in the face, mm. and uh, and then and then it was like blackout, like it was so dark, and there was so much sand, I, it was very difficult to make my way back to my room. Huh. But uh, but yeah, wind can be yeah, sand, m- sandstorms horrifying. out there would be terrifying. Just seeing a wall of sand rolling in. I didn't, and that was the weirdest part. Was it? It didn't even look like anything. It just looked like black coming at you. You know, because so it because it just blocked out light as yeah. it as it progressed. Man. All right. So if you uh, so thanks, Dana. Uh, hope to hear what you think about the wind. Uh, let us know if we got anything wrong on the comments in this post. Um, one more plug for our contest. If you want to win a $10 gift certificate to Amazon, send your suggestions to us for any game ideas that we can use, um, like taglines or like um, Rotten Tomatoes game, yeah, or anything like that. Um, Dana and Ricky both sent us couple. a couple options. Yeah. So be like Ricky and be like Dana. Yeah. Um, and that's the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, we do it, we do it weekly on Wednesdays. So subscribe and leave a review if you like it. And please, please share the podcast with a friend. If you have a horror movie f- fan in your f- circle of friends, just send us send them the link to our site and let them decide. One more plug for Shutter. If you go to Shutter.com and put HMT at checkout, you'll, you'll get a 30-day free trial. Right now, they've got Halloween 2 and 3, along with several other great horror movies that you're not going to find on Netflix or Amazon. Um, if you do frequent Amazon, though, click through our button in the header of our website so that we get a little taste. A little bit of that. Support the show. Special thanks to Ricky and Dana for reaching out to us. We really like anyone that... Uh, reaches out to us and tells us that we're great. So I should mention. <laughs> I should mention. Mark also talks to me fairly frequently about this. Yeah. So shout out to Mark. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. We love you. What?